I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to Matt Appeal. I'm Susan Okereke. And my name is Bobby Seagull. And we are two math teachers on a mission to get everybody to love mathematics. Big exactly. Mission <laughs> exactly. That is our it's our life mission. In fact, even more than that, this year and this season, we are excited that we've got a partnership with the charity National Numeracy and Experian. If you've listened before, you will know that every single episode we have a math problem that we solve, go through the solution. We also have a guest this series for every episode connected to National Numeracy. Uh, and also we finish with Bobby giving us a maths fact. Yes, and in fact, our guest today is a special guest. Her name is Anne Okafor, and she's actually a national numeracy champion. And these are people that actually support others to develop positive attitudes towards numeracy, overcome their barriers and start their journey to improve numeracy. So we're excited to speak to a national numeracy champion later on. And Anne actually is also, a it works in the construction industry. And at one time she didn't actually like numbers, but that changed and mm. we're looking forward to hear her story. But before that, let's set the maths problem for this episode. So as you are all aware, those of you who have listened before, those of you who are new, buckle in. We <laughs> set a problem and with that problem, we also give ideas, strategies on how to solve the problem. And what we actually do to begin with is to ask some pre-questions because we also know that a lot of people, when problems are given, they can get a little bit caught up emotionally and we want to get that kind of settled in. So the questions that we ask to begin with, before we do any mathematics, mm -hmm. is we ask, how do you feel when you first heard or saw the problem? We then ask, does the problem make sense? So are there any questions that you might have around the problem? And then we start thinking about what maths topics are in the question. And that's before we do any maths. Mm, they're really helpful because we always talk about the fact that maths should be emotional. You should link and feel an emotion when doing the questions. So actually, while you're doing the problem, again, a few things to think about. One is about what facts do you know from the problem itself? Then maybe uh, what rules or formulae are needed? And thirdly, are there any facts that you can actually derive from the problem? And then finally, can you actually answer the question? Now we know what we what the questions we're going to go through. Bobby, are we ready to tackle today's problem? Yes, it's an intriguing problem. You definitely need a pen and paper because uh, the numbers are quite hard to store in your head. So you ready, Susan? Yes, ready. Mm -hmm. So the problem for today's episode is this. Susan works out the cost of the gas she used last year. At the start of the year, the gas meter reading was 8,569 units. At the end of the year, the gas meter reading was 9,872 units. Each unit of gas you used cost 44p. 
work out the total cost of the gas she used last year. So I'll repeat it one more time, there's a few involved numbers there. So Susan works out the cost of the gas she used last year. At the start of the year, the gas meter reading was 8,569 units. At the end of the year, the gas meter reading was 9,872 units. Each unit of gas uh, costs 44p. So your problem is to work out the total cost of the gas she used last year. So this problem's actually it comes from a GCSE problem, a GCSE maths one, but this really is a problem that many people who, who have to like pay utility bills have to kind of think about reading your meter is something that you have to do quite regularly. And also this is quite a challenging time for a number of people, especially in the UK with the cost of living crisis. So being able to work out a problem like this is actually very helpful for life. It's one of those things where when people ask about the purpose of maths, and how does numeracy help? They often know, oh, maths is just something I did in school. I don't need it anymore. Nowadays, in this sort of modern environment, you know, where costs are really important for people to manage, actually, it's easier. Even as a teacher, I tell my students, actually, there's now a practical reason why maths is important and how it can actually help you manage your day-to-day -day finance. So, yeah, it's a really important topic. So, actually, while you're thinking about that problem, which we're going to tackle shortly, we're going to meet our guest, National Numeracy Champion, Anne Okafor. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Well, welcome to Anne to our Maths Appeal podcast. We're really excited to have you on this week. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Uh, and so tell us a little bit about being a national numeracy champion. How did this all come about? So this came about because last year I started off for Maths Week Scotland actually and someone had asked me to talk about maths to children, um, maths in my job and I said absolutely no way, I can't help you with that, I don't, I'm not good at maths, I don't know, I don't know what maths I do in my job, I don't think I do that much maths and I wouldn't know how to talk about it to an eight year old. So then um, being involved with STEM ambassadors, they said, you know, let's talk about what you do for your job. I explained all of it to them and they were like, yeah, that's all maths. <laughs> all of it is maths, maths thinking. Um, but because it was so everyday for me, I didn't recognise a lot of it as maths. Um, and then I did, I, I eventually went through, followed through the activities and did some videos and some sessions for children about my work last year. And then the opportunity came up to do the, the champion training. And again, I, I didn't really think it was for me as someone who's always kind of really struggled with maths and had to really challenged with, by it. I didn't think it was for me at all. But again, I was encouraged and told, you know, you're probably the type of person that 
could really benefit from this so I did and it was absolutely transformational for me um, it really really helped me understand the issues that I've had with maths and maths anxiety and actually how I can now help other people um, by telling my story and by helping others to understand like the language that we use is really important. Brilliant. And so can you tell us a little bit about your job then? So people might not know what you do. So yeah, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yep. So I'm a construction planner and essentially what that means is I help to plan out the construction projects. Um, so all the different tasks that we need to do to build a project, how long it takes, how many people, how many resources we will need. Put all that information into a Gantt chart and then basically go around and check progress every month or every week, depending on the job and checking progress, using that information to inform the business decisions, writing reports, all that sort of stuff. But there's lots and lots of numbers, lots and lots of logical, sequential thinking in there. And just trying to use the numbers to make decisions about whether we need to take, whether something's going to take more time or whether we um, need more people to get the job done in the time that we've allocated. Um, so again, lots and lots of problem solving and, and maths-based thinking that I do in my job. And again, a lot of it was everyday maths that I didn't even recognise as maths when initially asked. Well, yeah, we found that there's a lot of hidden maths in the real world. And once your eyes are opened, it's always there. And one thing we'd like to ask you about is, obviously, as a construction planner, you will use numbers in different forms. But how has your relationship with numbers changed over time in the last few years? Hugely. I actually only went back to university as a mature student because maths anxiety had held me back for a number of years. But I decided that it was time to challenge it and I went back to school, back to university. Um, and I was very lucky because I had lecturers there that were supportive. At school that wasn't the case. I didn't have supportive school teachers. Um, and now I have done my degree and I've done a postgraduate diploma as well all that had lots and lots of maths in it um, so that's built my confidence a lot but also just the fact that I'm able now to be on the other side and I'm helping other people to realize where they can find strategies to help themselves right okay so you, you're, it's really great that you're helping people and you're being able to share your story which is changing people's kind of lives and perceptions of maths can you tell us a little bit more about being a STEM ambassador uh, and how did you get into this so I got into being a STEM ambassador um, about 18 months ago. I was doing a lot of talking to college age students, university students, and I found myself saying, we need to talk to children younger. We need to talk to these people younger. And I said it so many times that I got fed up of saying it and I set out to find how I could do that. And then I found STEM ambassadors. So then started talking to school age children about construction and STEM. So trying to point out the everyday maths in the activities that I do, as well as talking about the maths that I do in my job. Thank you. Some of our listeners might be thinking, oh, I'm feeling a bit scared about tackling numeracy. What encouragement would you give to them so they feel ready that they can tackle their number skills? So for me, I think a lot of it is um, understanding mindset. And what I've learned is to be proactive and to operate in growth mindset rather than fixed mindset so rather than saying I can't do that I don't want to do that um, for a long time I was in that fixed mindset space and you know I did think I'm not going to do this I don't want to do this I'm going to run away 
And if you're in that moment, just take a moment, just breathe and go to growth mindset. I'm going to try and I'm going to get through this. I can get better. I'm going to work hard and I'm going to persevere. I'm going to try and get this. And if it doesn't work out the first time, I'm going to try again and I'm going to get there. Oh, that's such an amazing message. And like that's so kind of inspiring. And that's exactly what we're trying to kind of push it, uh, Matt's appeal, this idea of trying and it's okay to make mistakes. Um, and it's great that it's actually had a massively positive impact on you. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. You're welcome. That was lovely to speak to Anne to hear her story and how things have changed so much for her in Matt and how she now like loves Matt from hating it and thinking she wasn't good at it to like now going to schools and sharing her job and sharing the love of Matt with kids. Amazing. Oh, it is. And I particularly found powerful her use of the term mindset mm. uh, and something many students will hear of in schools, the fixed versus growth mindset, but maybe perhaps there's not many adults. So it's great to hear her mentioning how actually mindset is a key part of improving your competence in maths. I think it might, might be worth just explaining the idea that sort of growth mindset and fixed mindset um, sort of terms by a, a professor called uh, Carol Dweck and talks about the idea of fixed mindset where you believe that your your ability is fixed, you're born being mm. able to, to, to be good at maths, you're born being uh, you know adept to music or if there's an alternative which is the growth mi mindset which takes into the consideration the idea that effort is the most important thing and people make mistakes all the time and you can be bad at something but in time if you work it you'll get better and this idea of growth mindset is something that like all teachers want their students to have because you know it's that belief that if you put effort in the outcome is that you will get better uh, and that is the key to learning and it's wonderful to hear that Anne is like taking this message to schools and so also she's she's lived it she's gone from thinking she was bad and she's put the effort in and, and like she now has a completely different outlook to Matt and that's what we kind of are hoping will happen with Matt's appeal is people like listen and and start to try Matt and they think oh actually I can or I'm, be I'm mm. getting better and that's like really kind of addictive I think yes and I think that's why people like Anne are brilliant national numeracy champions, really going out there and telling as many people as possible that yes, we can do maths. And in fact, while we're on national numeracy initiatives, uh, we will at some stage in a future episode actually go through a national numeracy challenge and give you a bit more detail about what it is and get some reaction to how people feel when they're doing it. So yeah, definitely keep your ears peeled for that. You're listening to Series 3 of Maths Appeal, where we've teamed up with Experian. Whether it's bills, budgeting or even baking, maths is part of everyday life for all of us. Experian is on a mission, like Maths Appeal, uh, to help the nation improve their financial health. And we know that good number skills and confidence are a gateway to helping you get there. And that's why Experian is a proud supporter of our Maths Appeal podcast and long-running partner of National Numeracy, working together to help you fulfil your potential. And with that in mind, let's do some problem solving. So Bobby, what was the problem? Remind us. Yes. So it was one where Susan, you, were working out the cost of the gas she used last year. At the start of the year, the gas meter reading was 8,569 units. At the end of the year, the gas meter reading was 9,872 units. Each unit of gas cost 44p, so you have to work out the total cost of the gas that she or Susan used last year. 
Susan, when you first heard that problem, what were you thinking? What were you feeling? As you know, I'm a math teacher like yourself, so I was able mm -hmm. to think about the problem. But I also have actually done this question with some students of mine, and I, mm. I appreciate there are actually some the challenges with this. It's like there's a number of numbers, and trying to work out what you have to do with them is quite important. And actually a big issue for, for the students, I think for people in general, is understanding the context of what, you know, what is a gas bill? What is a meter reading? And then what do you have to do to try and find how much has been used? So it's the type of thing that there's none. It's not actually a difficult calculation to work out, but there's actually quite a lot to understand before you can attempt it. Mm. And when you've done similar problems with your students, did it make sense to them, this type of problem? Well, to begin with, no, because a lot of them, if, if you're young and you've never seen a gas meter, if you've been asked to do a utility bill before, you don't understand what these numbers represent. And also, so they didn't know what, what to do. So they were thinking, do we add, do we sub, subtract, mm, multiply, whatever. Delicious. So it's, almost like there's plucking in there. So do we multiply, divide? Like they literally have no idea. So they're just saying, is it divide? Is it square root? Is it cube root? Exactly. Like, no, no, no. Think, read, read the problem. So what topics are in this question? So obviously there's, there's there's money, you know, and that's kind of per like and rate, so per unit. Uh, and then also it's the idea of difference. So you start with an initial value and then what is the new value or what have you kind of gone up to the new value? So there's sort of that as well. So how did you go about solving the problem? Go talk me through your process. So key thing I sort of did was think, right, so where did we start? And that's 8,569. Where did we end up? 9,872. So how am I going to find what has been used between that? I then sort of was like, right, let's find the difference. So I did, I subtracted the start value from the end value. So the 9,872, I took away 8,569 and I got a value of 1,303 units. So that just tells me how many units I used in that year. And then so for for one unit is 44p, I'm using 1,303 units. I'm just going to multiply that by 44 to get my money in pence, which is 57,332 pence. And I had to convert it to pounds, which is 573 pounds and 32p. You mm -hmm. the same? I concur. So my method was pretty much identical to yours, but the only difference was, I guess, because I had a background working in the financial industry and we're used to looking at a lot of charts of uh, prices of assets and shares mm. and currency and commodities like energy, mm. I'm used to seeing graphs of time on the x-axis. So that's along the, the bottom, as it were, like, you know, it could be like January, February, March, April, May, June. And on yeah. the y-axis as a vertical one, I'm used to seeing the price of a particular asset. It could be share, it could be currency, it could be the commodity or gas. So I had a little graph just um, with the two periods on the x-axis and then on the y-axis it had the two units. And I almost like a little line, a gradient and said, ah, the difference here and then oh. multiply that by Although I went straight to saying 0.44 uh, rather than pennies, and we got the same answer. Okay, so you kind of converted from your pennies into into pounds, I guess, which is 0 0.44 pence. Yeah, and although technically I should show the working because I always tell my students, show the working because at least then if you make a mistake, you're like, ah, where did I go wrong? So the key thing to remember in this in a problem like this is you're thinking about where you start. So what is your initial uh, reading? What's your final reading? Finding the difference so that tells you how many units you've used in total. And then you take that amount and multiply it by how many the amount that each unit is worth. 
okay and that's kind of a key way to sort of think about it um but obviously we want to know whether you have done solved the problem in a different way so please 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 do share your solutions we want to know whether you enjoyed doing the problem whether you found it challenging hopefully this has helped you as well um so please do share your solutions on our instagram and our twitter at matt's appeal so what have we done today we've had a guest we've done our problem we've solved it so it must be time for our Matt's Appeal fact from our Bobby Seagull. We're here. Here's that time again. So um, obviously uh, for monitoring energy usage, as in our question, we have like one unit of electricity on our bills and it's actually often worked out as a kilowatt hour. So the fact is going to be about the origin of the kilo prefix in the metric system. So the word kilo is actually derived from the Greek word for thousand chiloi chiloi kiloi um, and that's where we get kilo from but in the 19th century uh, in england they sometimes spell the kiloi so c-h-i-l-i-o as in chilio oh. so in another universe we'd have if people pronounced it differently you might have chilio watts or chiliograms like oh can i have a two a chiliograms yeah yeah a chiliometer <laughs> <laughs> so i mean I'm, this is like a very like this is Bobby's fact in like in a strange stretch land. Uh, but I think it's intriguing that in England they did spell it Chilio, C-H-I-L-I-O rather than Kilo for a while uh, oh. in the you know 19th century. So we could have had Chiliograms. And it changed to, it, then they changed back to the Greek They They, they pushed for Kilo, the anglicized version, sadly. Oh, right. Interesting. Oh, I quite <laughs> like the idea of a Chiliogram or Chiliometer. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Always a pleasure getting more information from you. Yes. Um, and this has been episode four of the Maths Appeal series in partnership with National Numeracy and Experian. And we also like to remind users and our lovely listeners that you can always improve your number conference by trying out the National Numeracy Challenge. Yeah, it's never too late. Never, never, never too late to get better. And don't forget, please, please, as I said before, share your problem solutions on um, our Instagram and our Twitter. We are at Maths Appeal. Uh, and next episode, we're going to be focusing on sport and fitness. And uh, we're going to chat to a, another national numeracy champion. You have been listening to Maths Appeal with me, Susan Okereke and Bobby Seagull. Uh, the music is by Kerry Okereke and the producer is the fabulous Jennifer Nelson. And if this is your first Matterpool podcast, go back and check out our earlier episodes. We've got loads more math problems, more special guests who share their math stories and also loads of Bobby Seagull math facts. And we hope as always to see you soon so we can solve more math problems together. 